Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Mailbag, nothing personal. Word of the day is mailbag. Today is, I don't know what day it is. Surprise. I've recorded this already. It's not today. It actually is today. It's not this day. It's actually, it is this day. It's not your day. It is a day that ends with why. We're doing some mailbags. You went into Twitter. You asked me questions at David P. Sampson. Thank you. You went on Apple. You rated and reviewed. Do that again. You hit subscribe, unsubscribe, resubscribe. And you've somehow gotten Coca free clothes in a sound bar. Way to go. Just kidding. I want to answer some questions because they're good ones. Each episode has a theme and Coca knows what it is. I don't. I just answer the questions. I think we should just start. I mean, there's so much to get to today. How do you know today's not yesterday? It's definitely not yesterday. Today is last week. Today's tomorrow, edge of tomorrow. Coke and I were talking about these mailbag episodes and we were talking about edge of tomorrow. I don't remember why we were, but I know it's one of his favorite movies. Anyway, let's start that again, Coca. All right, here we go. Ready? Six, 10, 69. Mailbag, nothing personal word of the day. We're doing mailbag episodes. I just want to start. If, if you could go back in time, there's a song by Cher that goes like that. If you could turn back time, do you know what turning back time is in, with money? Time is money, right? Turning back time is when you make a decision in your life, personally and professionally, and you say to yourself, I've got regret over that decision. I don't want to make that decision again. I will not make that decision again. What I did that day I will not do again. The question is, would you feel that way the day you made the decision or are you feeling that way with the benefit of hindsight? If you are using the benefit of hindsight to put on your regret scale, it is always going to be weighted heavily toward regret. You can't do that. It's like torturing yourself. Why would you do that without paying someone to do it because you found out it's your fetish? Paul Giamatti, not him, the actor, him, the character in Billions, which is coming back soon. Season five was interrupted by COVID. It's coming back September 5th. God, I hope this show's on before September 5th. Don't know. Maybe so. Wait to see. Today, Billions is back. Coca said, whatever you do, don't give any indication of what day it is. That's okay. I don't know what day it is. If I could turn back time, any trade in baseball history and cancel it, what would it be and why? I love the question. I'm going to answer the question. I just don't understand the question. 
trades in baseball are complicated because we've got fans and bloggers and pundits and gas bags commenting on our trades. We could do better. We make trades every day in fantasy baseball and we make our trades better. I said on a recent show that you don't have to be a genius to be a GM. But one of the things that differentiates GMs from non-GMs is the ability to run a business. I said that. It's not the ability to make great trades. Making trades in baseball is so much harder than you think. There is no way to guarantee that you are going to win a trade and you all evaluate trades the next day. Joey Gallo struck out three times. What a crappy trade. Anthony Rizzo hit three home runs. It's the greatest trade ever. The Cubs are stupid. What are they doing? They could have made it to the playoffs with Anthony Rizzo. How could you trade Miguel Cabrera, David? People still talk about that. It's 14 years ago. I knew we were trading a Hall of Famer. I'm not going to explain why we did the trade. We did the trade because we had to do the trade. We got back two top five prospects, like in the top 100 at the time. They sort of panned out, just not for us. But regret is something that is a concept that I'd like you all to think about. I like singing. I could go into Frank Sinatra again. Regrets, I've had a few, but too few to mention. Because in baseball, when you are trading young players away, or you are getting back young players, you do your scouting, you do your development, you do your projection, you've got people who tell you this player will be like that player. That's a very big thing we do in our sport. And you see it on TV a lot. This guy looks a lot like Dave Kingman. That would be an older scout saying that. This looks to be the next Mike Trout. This guy's got the power to be Adam Dunn. Look at the speed. This is Ricky Henderson. You don't know. We don't know. We do the best we can trying to figure out who's going to be good when. Sometimes we make trades for money. Sometimes we make it for love. Sometimes we make it by necessity. Sometimes we make it because we just made a mistake in scouting the player. I've given you some of the top five mistakes I've made trading. Trading away Adrian Gonzalez instead of Jason Stokes in 2003. Trading away Miguel Cabrera instead of finding a way to not have to trade him. Terrible mistake. What would be the trades that I would cancel looking back? All right, I'll give them to you. If I were the Red Sox in 1920, I would not have given away Babe Ruth for 125 grand. I just wouldn't have. If I knew that I wouldn't win a World Series till 2004 by trading away the Sultan of Swing, I don't think that's Babe Ruth's nickname. Coca, we may have to completely change the show. Whose nickname was the Sultan of Swing? Somebody knows that. Somebody who's listening. He's the Sultan. Oh, that's maybe a song by Dire Straits, by the way. That may have nothing to do with anything, Coca. You may never find it. The Sultan of Swat. Who was that? Stay with me. Was it the babe? It was. He's the Sultan of Swat. You guys, have you not come to love my brain after all these episodes? It is the thing that people both, people say, what's, the, what's your favorite part of your body and what's your least favorite? Some people say, I don't like my gut. I don't like the way my chin looks. I don't like my nose from the right side. I don't like my receding hairline. I don't like my love handles. I don't like my stretch marks. I don't, whatever the case, everyone's got something they don't like. One eye is bigger than the other, yada, yada, yada. My favorite part of my body is my brain. And my least favorite part of my body is my brain.
it's an unbelievable love-hate relationship, but hate's a strong word. I have such respect for my brain, but boy, does it keep me going at night during the day. I think of things that are just strange. You are the Sultan, the Sultan of Swahat. Okay, number two. I got a trade for you that you may not remember from 1987. Do you remember 1987? There was a pitcher named Doyle Alexander and the Detroit Tigers traded John Smoltz to the Atlanta Braves for Doyle Alexander. Joe Alexander was a older pitcher. He had a career. He's fine. But John Smoltz is a Hall of Famer. Oh, my God, Samson, you're not the only one to trade future Hall of Famers. Nope. The sport is riddled with Hall of Famers being traded during the course of their career. It happens all the time. John Smoltz, if you didn't, he, John Smoltz is a Hall of Famer as a starting pitcher and a Hall of Famer as a relief pitcher. There's only one other player in history that I can think of who was successful the way John Smoltz was as a starter and a reliever, and that's a guy named Dennis Eckersley, also a Hall of Famer. But if I were the Tigers, I would not have traded John Smoltz for Doyle Alexander. 1989, the Montreal Expos made a trade. I wasn't there. Don't blame me. Yes, sorry. I joined the Expos 10 years later in 99, but it was my fault that in 89, the Expos traded Randy Johnson for Mark Langston. Don't get me wrong. Mark Langston was decent. Fine. Decent. Actually, he may be above decent. Average. Slightly above average. Mark Langston was. Good career. Good. Randy Johnson? Oi. Expos could have used Randy Johnson, but instead they traded him because they had a guy named Pedro Martinez. And then when I got there in 1999, I traded Pedro Martinez to the Red Sox for Carl Pavano and Tony Armas in 1993. I didn't do that one either, folks. Stop blaming me. Pedro Martinez was traded and became probably the most dominant, greatest right-hander with Randy Johnson being the greatest left-hander of any pitcher I ever saw up close. I can't tell you all the Pedro Martinez stories I have because I have, I think. His fingers just, he's a small guy. Remember when I was in the elevator with, uh, oh God, was it with, um, was it with Kershaw? I was in an elevator in Los Angeles. Was it Craig Kimbrell in Atlanta? All right. Anyway, there are players who are way smaller than you think they're going to be when you meet him. Craig Kimbrell's not a big guy. Pedro Martinez is not a big guy. And what he did with the baseball. Now, we had Carl Pavano and Tony Armas on our teams in 1999 with the Expos. They made it. Carl Pavano helped us win a World Series in Florida in 2003, pitching against Roger Clemens in that critical game four of the 03 series. Roger Clemens supposed last game. But the Expos traded Johnson and Martinez. The Expos were famous for trading people. The Marlins are famous for trading people. The Tigers are famous for trading people. The Braves are famous for trading people. Wait a minute. Every team is famous for trading people. Every team, but I would definitely cancel some trades. Every trade that has a future Hall of Famer, you're going to cancel no matter what, right? Because if money doesn't matter, then you keep your players. If you could have a crystal ball and know who's going to be great when, then you keep the players when they're going to be great, but you can't. I'm sure that all of you have day traded and sold every stock you've ever bought at the height. And I'm sure that when you buy, you buy everything at the low. When you bought your car, you got the last dollar out of your dealer, for sure. You got the biggest discount ever. You negotiated the crap 
out of that car or house or game, whatever you did. Mistakes happen, folks. Your team makes mistakes, and so would you if you had the job. But this dovetails very nicely into question number two, doesn't it, Coca? Condolences to you and your family. Thank you. I do appreciate all the words, by the way, all the messages. I am, uh, you know, I have an issue with red. I don't enjoy having red numbers on my phone at all. And I've got a tremendous number now. I get them to zero every day. And I tried to get the DMs on Twitter at David P. Sampson to zero every day, but I've lost control. I can't. I love all the outreach. I will publicly thank you on nothing personal and send a tweet about it. I appreciate all of your words. I really do. Thank you. I enjoy your podcast every day. Gets, re- gets me through my daily drive home from work. Now, that's what I like to hear because you're making CBS super happy. Hear that, CBS? There's someone who listens to nothing personal every day on the drive home. Every day. Pay the man his money. Coca needs another raise. The only reason this guy's listening to nothing personal is because of Coca. Puts a smile on my face and good laughs in my car. Ho, ho, ho. And a bottle of rum. So if you had $800 million, what's your team's lineup? What a bizarre question. If I had $800 million, you know what I'd be doing? I wouldn't be making a lineup. I can tell who I actually would be making the lineup. It would be an A-Rod type lineup overseas. Did you see A-Rod's latest in his quest to forget about Benefer? He's keeping the company of lots of different people at different times. I think I would try to give more people water if I had $800 million. I wouldn't be able to, actually, you know what? I'd try to cure lung cancer. That would be a good thing to do. It's too late for my family, but not too late for others. I would absolutely get rid of premature death. Everyone gets to live to be 100. That'd be quite a movie, right? Everyone dies at 100. You live a century, that's your life. Take advantage, don't take advantage. Watch TV all day, don't watch TV. Everyone dies at the same time. Not everyone at the same time, but everyone dies on their 100th birthday. People would know, hey, tomorrow, oh, tomorrow's not gonna be great. I'm gonna go night-night. I'm gonna take extra Viagra tonight, have a great night, and then go bye-bye. You wouldn't have to put money into curing cancer, would you? Or anything. There'd be no car accidents. There'd be no nothing. That would be my dystopia. $800 million to do a lineup? All right, I'm going to try it. I'm going to give you what my all-star lineup would be. I'm going to go position by position and tell you how I would feel the team. Shockingly, I'm not going to have full agreement on this. I'm going to start with who I want pitching one game. If I had one game to win, one game only, one game only, I want Jacob DeGrom. The rules of this are who I want today on my team, today. Now, I'm assuming no one's injured. I mean, it's my game. It's my show. It's our show, me and Coca. We can decide whatever we want. We don't have to spend $800 million. We're going to spend like $200 million just for the starters. I'm going to start DeGrom right now. He's getting paid, what, $27, 28000000 bucks. He's not hurt. One game to win. He's my starter. I'm going to go around the horn here. I'm going to give you a lineup. And I'm going to have Mookie Betts batting leadoff and playing center field. Mookie Betts sets the table. I want guys on base. 
Yes, there's no doubt I got to give him $30.4 million. I get it, but I want him on base. And I'm, he's going to play center field. Batting second, I'm going to want the new Dodgers second baseman. 13 million bucks gets me Trey Turner. Having a one-two with speed, bit of power, get on base. You set the table for the big boys coming up to drive them in. You know, everyone is a victim of their own experience. When you have a World Series ring that had Juan Pierre and Luis Castillo at the top of your lineup, that's what you want. You want good defense and you want speed at the top of your lineup. And that's what I want. Batting third. This is going to be an interesting one for you. But third, I want my right fielder, Juan Soto. The reason I want Juan Soto batting third, he's only making $8.5 million. He's going to end up being a $30 million guy. So if you take this lineup in a couple of years, it's going to be way more than it is now. But I want Soto hitting third. I want him to hit to all fields with the occasional home run, but not a straight home run hitter. That's why I want batting third. Batting cleanup. I want Vladimir Guerrero Jr. I'm going to put him at first base. He's only making 600 grand. He's going to be making 30 million one of these days. But for now, he's only making 600 grand. But I want him hitting fourth because I want the opportunity for home runs. And I don't need doubles and triples out of him. I'm going to have my DH bat fifth. And I'm going to have Shohei Otani as my DH because just in case DeGrom gets hurt, I can move Otani to pitcher. He can go both ways. And you know, going both ways is way more common than you may think. Otani's batting fifth. He only makes $4 million. It's a good number five, DH. Number six. I'm going to have my third baseman bat sixth, and his name is Nolan Arenado. He's the <coughs> Excuse me. I got so excited about Nolan Arenado batting sixth in my lineup. He's making 32 mil. I have him batting six, playing third base. I want a good defensive team. I want a good offensive team. And boy, he is the best in the business. And he can hit. He can hit for average. He can hit for power. And he's in the sixth hole. I like it. Get ready for number seven. You will be slightly surprised by it, but it does make sense. I'm having my kitcher bat. My kitcher. Thank you. 60, 49. Batting seventh in my lineup today is JT Ralamuto. He's got a catch. He's the best catcher in baseball. JT is signed for 23 million bucks. He's catching, hitting seventh. Premium defensive catcher, premium offensive catcher. This lineup is deep and it is a gauntlet. Now, starting with eighth, I want to start back at the top. I want people who can be on base again as Betts comes up and they turn it to Betts, Turner, and so at the top of the lineup. So batting eighth for me is going to be Fernando Tatis. He's my shortstop batting eighth. I'm assuming his shoulder stops subluxing, subluxing, whatever the word is, and that he's fine and he's batting eighth. Tatis, he doesn't make much money. Makes $24.5 million. And batting ninth is really a great leadoff hitter, a great middle-of-the-order hitter, a disciplined Enough hitter to put at the bottom of the lineup. Great outfielder. Again, he's hurt. Ugh. Acuna. I want Acuna Matata from the Braves batting ninth. I've got Betts, Turner, Soto, Vlad Jr., Otani, Arenado, JT Realmuto. What a team. Tatis and then Acuna. 
I've got DeGrom starting. I've got Liam Hendricks closing of the White Sox. I've got Craig Kimbrell of the White Sox setting up. I've got Stanton and Yelich on the bench because I want two Marlins on the bench. And believe me, they're perfect. And then as my number two starter, if I have to have them, if foreign substances are allowed, I want Garrett Cole on the team as well. That's about a $300 million team. I'm going to fill it out with a bunch of other expensive people, and I'm going to have tremendous depth. But if you give me $800 million, I'm going to pay a lot of money for people to be in the minor leagues, like five, 10 million bucks to be in the minor leagues. I want the best minor league players for when injuries happen. With money comes depth. With depth comes rings. I want rings. It's all about the ring. It's all about the rings. It's all about the Benjamins. So let's pretend that I took that money and instead of going 800 million, I kept a little money left over. What would I do with it? Well, someone asked a question. If you had money to purchase a minor league baseball team, would you, and would it be profitable? Let's start with the second question first. Would it be profitable? Hi, it's nice to meet you. My name is David Sampson. You've come across nothing personal. You know very well, it's just business. It's nothing personal. That's not the end of the show, Coca. No, we're still going. Don't stop recording. Don't stop recording. Of course, my minor league team would be profitable. Do you know how easy it is to have a profitable minor league team? Do you know how many minor league teams are profitable? Almost all of them because their expenses are so low because they don't pay for their players. We do at the major league level. Minor league teams used to be amazing investments. Bill Murray used to own a bunch of minor league teams. Jeffrey Loria, before he owned the Expos and Marlins, owned a minor league team. AAA teams are going for 20 or $30 million right now. It's crazy because on an operating basis, they all have positive cash flow. And there are people who are not billionaires who want to say they are owners of teams and to be big fish in smaller size ponds. So they're the owner of the local team, which is a minor league team. And believe me, they get reservations at Applebee's without a problem. Hi, I own the Rivercats. Hey, I've got a table for you right in baby's corner. I just watched the movies that made us. We'll talk about it on a future Nothing Personal maybe one day. Maybe we already did talk about it. Who knows? Wait to see. Nobody puts baby in a corner. It's a funny line, isn't it? Everyone wants to get a dinner reservation. Everyone wants to be the owner of a team. The reason I would buy a minor league team is that it's really fun. It is a, uh, it's a business that's based on marketing and sales far more than a major league team. Major league teams are based on your acumen and putting together a baseball organization, having the best scouts, having the best development people, teaching your players, choosing your players, making decisions on when to get rid of players at the right time so you don't trade Smoltz or Pedro or Randy or Babe Ruth. There's a lot of that. In a minor league team, it's about figuring out how to get people in from your community to buy into your team to come to your games gate revenue is the major source of revenue there's some broadcast revenue but it's not a huge amount you get to go to games you get to go to baseball games every day and you get to make memories for people i always would say running a major league baseball team folks we're in the memory making business here that was my line because I couldn't say we're selling wins and losses because we lost so much and you're never supposed to sell wins and losses because it won't work that way People are come when you win. People don't come when you lose. But I always pretend that that wasn't the case. In minor league baseball, I promise you, no one cares if you're winning or losing. People are going to games in Beloit or Appleton 
or Jupiter or Sacramento or Nashville or Memphis or anywhere else because it's an entertainment activity during the course of a random summer night. Because you get to see young players that you think one day could become famous and you will have pride that they played in your hometown. You get to do flashbacks in the fourth inning to current major league stars who played for your team. You get to do funny giveaways that you can't get away with at the big league level because they call you Bush League. That's a minor league promotion. I was told so many times in baseball when I was running a major league team. Screw you. What does that mean? It's a minor league promotion. I hope it's a minor league promotion because I hope it drives attendance and brings us gate revenue in a way that we are not able to do because our team sucks. I never took that as an insult the way people meant it to be as an insult when they would say to me, David, God, you run a minor league organization with those promotions. Sometimes they would leave out the with those pr promotions. <laughs> That's funny, actually. You run a minor league team. Your payroll's so low, you're being outdrawn by your AAA team. I got that sometimes. There's four AAA teams that draw more people on the Miami Marlins. That always made me feel like absolute crap. How many minor league teams have a World Series ring? Huh? I'm just asking for a friend. And no, I'm not being defensive. It's not about that. I'm just saying major leagues is different than minor leagues, but there's nothing wrong with minor leagues. I would not feel like a second-class citizen by only minor league teams because they're the smart ones. They're making money every year and they're investing their money and their money is giving them a tremendous return while they get a tremendous amount of pleasure. I think it'd be phenomenal. As a matter of fact, I have a funny little side story for you. Since 2017, I've spoken a bit with Larry Beinfest and Mike Hill and Jeff Conine and others about, hey, why don't we start buying minor league teams? Let's go borrow money because we could probably run a team. I mean, we did run a team. Some people say that we were bad, but we did run a team. And then we, we all wear our rings when we do calls because we look at each other and say, hey, you were good. Hey, thank you, Conine. That was amazing. Hey, you made that great trade. Hey, way to go. That guy was great. Thank you for getting rid of Johnson and Floyd and somehow getting us Pierre. That was amazing. Oh, God, we were able to sign Pudge with that. Ooh, I'm sorry, Doug Goddard lasts more than a year. So we have these conversations. Man, Conine, you stunk in 2005. Yeah, I know. Sorry about that. No, but we get together and we say, why don't we start buying some minor league teams because we'd have fun running it and make money. If you can find something that you like to do and that makes you money, you really have won the lottery. If you can find someone to pay you to talk, <clears throat> that's just victory with a capital V. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp's software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. 
Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P.com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com Lifelong Marlins fan. Thank you. You have two rings then, although I don't know how old you are. What if actually, interesting, if you were born after 2003, sorry. If you were born before 1997, you're welcome. Survivor fan and a fellow attorney. I became a David Sampson fan when I saw you for 42 minutes on Survivor. Been listening rabidly to Nothing Personal for about eight weeks. Broke down and got Twitter just to ask you a question. Thank you for breaking down and for pressing follow. Now get your friends to do the same. What are the economic implications for the contracts of the minor league players who participate in the Olympics? What if there is an injury? Further, will MLB, I swear to you, this is happening live. I'm going to show you if you're watching Nothing Personal. That is Jeff Conine. Conan, I'm recording a show and I just mentioned your name. I'm recording it right now live and I just literally mentioned your name. That is crazy. Just say that louder to people listening. Say that's crazy. That's crazy. That's Conan, folks. He's calling. I'm going to hang up with him and finish the show. See you later, Niner. Bye. (laughs) You can't plan that. Okay. What are the economic implications for the contracts of the minor league players who participate in the Olympics? What if there's an injury? Further, will MLB ever facilitate the participation of major league players in the Olympics? I chose this question. I've covered some of these topics before because I love the fact that you love nothing personal and I don't take it for granted. Let's keep going. I love the fact that you're a Survivor fan. Let's run that back. What happens if I'm a first boot the rest of my life? It's better than being no boot at all. I'd rather be the first boot than no boot. Well, actually, if you win, then you've never been booted. I take that back. I'd rather be the first boot than to never have had the chance to be booted. Let's talk about the Olympics. As you recall, it happened yesterday. It happened two days ago. It happened three days ago. You remember this happened four days ago. I don't know if you remember this. It happened six days ago. I'm not sure if you remember this. It happened seven days ago. You may remember eight days ago when Japan beat the U.S. You may remember nine days ago. Do you get that, Coca? Now you can choose whichever one you want whenever you play this because we're recording this when it was yesterday, but it really may be tomorrow or the next day. Did you like that? Did you want me to do pauses? You can wipe it, do a nothing personal. You remember when Japan beat the United States two to nothing in the gold medal game, and that was eight days ago to make people think that we're doing it today when in fact we're not? Can you name anybody on the U.S. Olympic team? Do you want to name anyone on the USA baseball team if you're not a complete Baseball fan, 
Do you know why major league players don't play in the Olympics? Because they tell us to say they can't, it's not allowed because we don't want them to not like basketball where if I'm the Nets, I'm not worried Durant's going to get hurt because he's got the same chance of getting hurt. Here in the Olympics, the baseball players would have to leave during the season. Baseball would have to shut down its season because we're not going to continue a season and let you take our good player and play without him for two weeks. Forget it. So we could go the hockey route, shut it down. But baseball can't do it. We've had these conversations. How do you shut down for the Olympics? Then you've got to ramp up pitchers again. So do you do simulated games? Do you play exhibition games back in the States while the Olympics are going on? We created our own. We, dollar, they, 40, 90. 69 MLB created the world baseball classic for the sole reason that they didn't want to focus on the Olympics. So MLB will never facilitate the participation of major league players in the Olympics. Never. Unless of course the summer Olympics start getting played during the winter, in which case we still wouldn't do it because we don't want our pitchers to have to get hot during the winter. It is critical for baseball players to rest. Not like LeBron where he says we need more rest. We've only had a 72 days in our off season. That's why I need management. I need to manage my loads. So I'm going to only be once a day. I'm going to not do two a days because I'm tired. I'm going to sit out the back to back when I'm tired and it's been all night. You know, that sort of stuff. MLB, you have to ramp players up. You can't just start hitting. You can't just start pitching. That's what spring training is for. You're not going to have another spring training. They tried it with COVID. They did a second spring training. They didn't do it for long enough. Players are injured this year. Players are getting injured at record pace. And it's all because of the schedule of the season and what has gone on the last two years. So MLB will do nothing. Mark my words. It's not even a way to see. It's an absolute guarantee. They will do nothing to facilitate the participation of major league players. But for the minor league players who are there, whenever players go to the World Baseball Classic, which happens in March, Major League Baseball ensures the players who are there. So if you've got a player making $30 million a year, that player goes to the World Baseball Classic, that player gets hurt in the World Baseball Classic, you then get paid the insurance money for that player. And it's not like regular insurance where you have to sue the insurance company. It's not like you have to have an argument over whether it was a pre-existing injury or not. If a player cannot play because of an injury sustained in the World Baseball Classic, MLB will pay that player's salary. That was the only possible way that any owner would let any player go play in the WBC. MLB is not going to make that sort of arrangement for players to go to the Olympics where MLB does not get the benefit of a financial gain the way they do in the World Baseball Classic. MLB makes money during the Classic. Newsflash. It is a business for Major League Baseball to do the World Baseball Classic. After they pay the players, they make a profit. After they play the teams which host the games, like the Marlins, yeah, we made a lot of money hosting World Baseball Classic. Then we make one-thirtieth of what the league makes. So we're double-dipping, and there's nothing better than double-dipping. That's how it works. Coco wants me to answer this. What about players who want to play in non-American teams? Like if Shohei would play for Japan for the World Baseball Classic the way Ichiro did, or when Hanley would play for the Dominican. The answer is MLB ensures those contracts. It doesn't matter what teams. Now, that would be hilarious. 
If MLB said, can you imagine if this word ever got out, Coco? MLB will ensure any player from Major League Baseball to play in the World Baseball Classic if and only if they play for the Americans. You want to play for Israel? Nished. Can't. Want to play for the Dominican? Nada. Nothing. Can't do it. Nothing, honey. Get some skim milk and pour it on that. Can't do it. No, Coca. Come on. You know the answer to that question. It's the same thing. You get her playing for any team in the World Baseball Classic, your contract gets covered. Hey, David. Hey. How are you? How did you feel about the World Baseball Classic when you were running the Marlins from an executive's point of view? How did other executives feel about it? With regard, this question actually reads in regards, but it's with regard to player participation, injury risk, workload, and et cetera. Love the show and your local hour appearances on the Dan Lebitard show. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate you. CBS loves when I pump the Lebitard show. Metal Arc. Metal Arc. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Relax, EK. I'm still with you. I'm not going anywhere today because today is actually yesterday with a small chance of it being the day after tomorrow. So I don't want to repeat myself here, Coca. Did I just talk about the World Baseball Classic? Have I not done a segment on the World Baseball Classic? I wanted to do that question because they loved me and I wanted to point out that there are people who ask questions who say that. So thank you. All right, I'm going to talk a little about the World Baseball Classic. I used to fight like crazy with other owners. Crazy. I'd be so annoyed. I'd sit in this committee. I was on the International Committee in Major League Baseball, where our sole purpose is to make money for baseball by selling TV rights internationally, by finding international players, because the best way to get interest in a country is to find a player. You think the NBA got big in China without Yao Ming? I'm just curious. You think like Kobe or MJ were the reason? No, it was Yao Ming. We actually tried to get into India and the Pittsburgh Pirates were asked to and did sign two minor league players who were Indian. And I can't remember Coca, and we definitely didn't prepare for this because I didn't think I would think of it this way because I never know how I'm going to think of something. Uh, they never made it. I believe they were signed and it was made a very big deal by baseball. They were right signed at the same time. Coincidentally, when we on the international committee were making big investments in India, trying to get little players, little Indian players to grow up and be big players and get drafted and become famous because then we thought we'd go play in India and we'd access an extra 79 billion people who would become baseball fans and buy shirts and stuff and there'd be promoters and they'd build a stadium and we'd play games and it would be the most amazing thing ever. I'm almost positive that they never made it out of a low level. And um, it was Dinesh Patel and another guy. You're right, Coca. And uh, whatever it is, they didn't make it. But on the international committee, it was our job to raise money. And the way you raise money is by getting people to love your game. The NFL does it in London. Have you noticed why the NFL is playing in London all the time? Because they want to own London. They want to own Europe. And MLB is always sort of following the NFL's lead, grabbing at their tail. So they had the Yankees and Red Sox go play in London. It was a whole big deal when they played in Wembley. I don't know if you remember that play teams did not want to go to London. They were scared of the time difference. They were scared of the flight. They didn't want to go. It was too far away. Blah, blah, blah. GMAB. When you have a chance to go to London, go like Coca. 
Do you know Coca's getting to go to Europe? That is my bonus to Coca. Coca's looking. For all of you listening to this show, by the way, Coca's going to Europe. He's looking to bring someone. He went on Bumble. He went on Tinder. He went on Linder. And he went on Blaze. Was it Blaze? Oh, no, that's what you were doing when you did it? Some website. He's, he's the whole Mike and Dave need a wedding date thing. Coca needs a date for Europe. He is taking all applications on his DMs on Twitter. If you want to go to Europe with Coca at the end of this calendar year, then make yourself known and we are going to figure out who to take to Europe. Well, by we, I mean me, because it's my bonus So I to him, so I get to choose. I mean, why wouldn't you use money as control? I don't. I hate that. I will never use money as control. I use money to get what I want, but not as control. <laughs> Did I say that out loud? Did anyone else hear that? Wait, are you recording this? So people would sit on the international committee and they would say how much they want to expand the game internationally. And we talked to them about the World Baseball Classic and opportunities to play in Mexico and play in Japan and play in Europe. And then everyone would go crocodile. They wouldn't raise their hands. They wouldn't be in favor of it. We love that you want to go to Europe, just not my team. Oh, I love the World Baseball Classic. I'm very supportive. Don't take my guy. It used to drive me insane. Bless Jerry Reinsdorf. You know I love him. I do. Jerry Reinsdorf was a huge fan of international play, but he wouldn't want his players playing in the World Baseball Classic. Come on, Jerry. I'd have to talk to him. He'd be like, David, I don't want my guys getting hurt. I got enough problems. I said, but then get off the international committee. But it looks like shit when we go to the other owners and you're on the damn committee and you are not in favor of your players going. You want everyone else's players to go. Those are other owners. Those are your contemporaries. They don't want their players to go because they see you don't want your players to go. But he'll deny it and say, of course, I never said that. And that wouldn't be the first time that's happened to me. Come on, Jerry. I loved when our players would go to the World Baseball Classic because I had the view of the following. There is no difference between regular season, postseason, spring training, offseason. None of it matters. The odds of a player getting hurt are the same as the odds of a player getting hurt. We try to do whatever we can to make sure that we ramp up players who are going to the World Baseball Classic. We know what we're doing. We're going to give them more innings, more reps, more swings. We're going to have them report to spring training early so that their arm is ready. We're going to have them report to spring training early so their bats are ready, so they're in shape, they're in plain shape. We're going to get them competitive at-bats. I wanted players to play internationally. I wanted our team to go internationally because it was exposure. Because everyone would say, oh, no one talks about the Marlins. Everyone, everyone ignores the Marlins. They won a World Series and no one talks about them. They've got two World Series since 1997. How many teams, Coca, check this, please. Get ready. How many teams have won more than two World Series, two or more, since 1997? Let me try to guess. The Marlins, the Yankees, they won 98 to 2000. The Giants. The Red Sox. Two or more since 97. Could it be the Phillies? I don't think so. Could it be the Mets? No, that's zero since 97. The Nationals won. Astros won. Royals won. What about, oh, the Cardinals. Thank you. Yankees, Red Sox. Cardinals, Giants, Marlins. Five teams out of 30 have won two or more World Series in the last 24 years. 
you know what? That makes me angry. People getting upset being Marlins fans. Oh, we've had a terrible time being Marlins fans. Hey, since the Marlins were born, you have two World Series. What are you talking about? Yeah, but the rest of the year sucked. All right, call 25 other teams and just ask. How would you feel about having teams that suck, but you've got two rings? Oh, I'll take it. Give me them rings. I want them. So we'd have players ready. I wanted the Marlins to get more positive attention. I wanted Marlins to start on All-Star Games. We would do things to get them more votes. I wanted them to be named as reserves, even though there were bonuses being paid. I wanted them to do commercials. I wanted them to be involved in MLB sort of commercial opportunities. I wanted them to do anything possible to increase their exposures because if they're more popular, we're more popular. If people see Marlins players around, it's good. I loved seeing Justin Bohr and Giancarlo Stanton in the home run derby when the Marlins hosted the All-Star game in 17. I love the fact that we sent five All-Stars in 16, five All-Stars in 04, it may have been. I just did. That's my answer to that question. All right, I'm going to end with a short one because I got to get to this one because it's too good, Coca. A while ago, John Axford was traded for a cash considerations. The question was, during the Axford transaction, he made one appearance and now has an arm injury. He gets to sit on the injured list and earn his money for the rest of the season. Why don't teams just cut players like this? They're getting paid regardless. I love your question. I thought you were going to ask me about the $1 transaction because I tweeted, whenever you see an announcement that a guy is traded for cash considerations, either they're paying the guy's salary down if it's a $10 million guy who's due $4 million and like the Cubs paid the Yankees to take Rizzo. The, the Rangers paid the Yankees to take Gallo. The Marlins paid the A's to take Starling Marte. So Oakland got Marte and cash considerations from the Marlins for Lizardo. Fine. But when you see a player like John Axford being traded for cash considerations, every time it means a dollar. That is the definition of a cash consideration in baseball. It's anything a dollar or more. So I would joke around and I would carry around rolls of pennies. Give people a roll of pennies. There you go. There you go. Have fun. But that's not your question. Your question is, why don't teams just cut players who are hurt? They're getting paid either way. Here's why. The way an injured player works is they go on the injured list and then your benefits people take over because they're covered under workers' comp. So workers' comp pays the player's salary, but we pay into workers' comp. And it is the responsibility of the club who has the player on his roster, on their roster, or injured list to continue that player's recovery until that player is deemed ready to play. It doesn't mean the player has to be signed by another team. It doesn't mean the player has to make another team. It means you have to get a doctor to say, this player has now been fixed and is ready to play. He still sucks, but he's ready to play. The minute that happens, that's when you see those players get released. Because once the player is ready to play, you then either have to activate him or you can release him. But the reason why you don't release a player who's hurt is you've got to nurse him back to health anyway, and you don't want the player sloughing. If you release a player, that means the player can do his rehab at home and he can show up or not show up and he can pretend he's not ready to play. You got to chase after him to see if he's out break dancing, trying to make the Olympic team instead of going to rehab because you need that player to be voted ready to play. The word isn't voted. It's said ready to play. That's not the word either. What's the word, Coca? 
Deemed is the word. You need that player deemed ready to play. If he's still on your roster and on your injured list, guess what you get to do? You get to say, hello, you have to rehab at our spring training facility. You have to rehab with the big league team in our home city. We get to control where you rehab. You can then say, I want to rehab at home, and we have the right to say, no, thank you. We appreciate the offer, but no, thank you. If you're not a good guy, we want to get rid of you. We say rehab at home. We don't care about you. That happened a few times. But generally, what we'll say is stay with us. We want to rehab you back to health, deem you ready to play, and then get rid of you. That's why we don't just cut players. That's the mailbag for today. And that's the way it was on Monday, August. Mm, that's the way it was on Thursday, August. Mm, that's the way it was. Now I'm just doing the same thing I did before. Who knows what day it is because it's just business. This is nothing personal. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.